0: Hello everyone Welcome to The Mystic Show I'm your host Chris Curran And I'm happy you're able to join me On this show we talk about some really special and important topics As you may know Spirituality Meditation Mindfulness Consciousness The heart And the purpose of this show is for you and I and all of us To grow spiritually To gain knowledge To to use that knowledge In our practice And to experience Spiritual growth Um, And if you practice A lot of what we talk about You'll make some serious strides I'll tell you New episodes are released Every Friday morning And you can hear the show As a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher And of course on our website themysticshow.net themysticshow.net and you can sign up for the behind the scenes emails as well and I must say I just finished an audio project which is going to be uh, given, given to people who sign up for the email list for free it's called Relax With Rumi. Relax with Rumi, and it's basically meditation music with me reading selected Rumi quotes on top. Rumi was, uh, I think, a 13th century poet and Sufi mystic, and a lot of his quotes are outstanding, and I I was drawn to it. So I made this piece of audio. It's four tracks, uh, four different MP3 files. So if you sign up for the email list the behind, behind the scenes email list you'll be able to download relax with Rumi, and enjoy that and real quick uh thank you to pause your life our sponsor pause your life you ever feel like your life is too crazy and you just need to stop you know you just need a break just a time to be by yourself and to everything to just stop well that's what pause your life does it Uh, organizes retreats and meetups to allow us to hit the pause button on our life and uh, on one of the local meetups here in northern New Jersey we just went to this movie theater and we watched a movie about um, Paramahansa Yogananda who was uh, an Indian guru who came to the United States in 1920 and spoke a lot and taught a lot and and really made a big impact um on spirituality in the United States. And of course he wasn't always received well. <laughs> uh but the movie was very good. I'm hoping we can I'm hoping I can get in touch with one of the producers from the movie and, and maybe interview them about the research they've done about Yogananda. The famous book about Yogananda is called Autobiography of a Yogi. Which is a classic, which is a really good book. So on this episode, we are going to finish reading this section of our James Allen book. And I have to just tell you, this this is awesome. Like, this is beyond this section. The section's called Entering into the Infinite. And we read half of it two episodes ago. Last episode we interviewed David Gagan and I just want to thank David again. He's a retired Army and NASA engineer and well just listen to the previous episode. By the way, for the previous episode, David gave us his the cliff notes version of his worldview. You know, the view the world view he's come up with after all these years of research. He gave us the the short summary version, and I actually transcribed it and put it into the post. So if you just go to themysticshow.net, and you'll see it's the last episode, 118. And you'll see there's a block of text, which is his, the summary of his worldview. Pretty cool. That was by popular demand. A couple of our listeners said, hey, you should put the text version of that on the website. So I did... Real quick, before we get to reading the James Allen, um, I wanted to read a couple comments from Facebook. There was, it's been three or four weeks now. I put up a question on Facebook and I said, if you had 60 seconds to address every single human being on earth at the same time, what message would you give? You know, I had this idea of. You know, let's just pretend the whole world stops for 60 seconds and they're going to listen to you for 60 seconds. What are you going to say? And I read a couple answers from a few of our listeners and I'll, I'll, I want to read a couple more right now. Um, Colleen's answer was, when your mission in life is peace and equality for all people who seek the same beliefs, you will be amazed at how you attract like-minded people to you and your purposes become intertwined to truly make the world better for us now and for the legacy we leave behind us. It almost becomes easy, like putting together a child's puzzle, as long as your heart is free and filled with the love of goodwill for all. And never forget that on a daily basis we should be drawn to help each other and find the ones that are struggling and figure out how to pick them up. I believe that is what being human is, as well as salvation and redemption. Free yourself from your own prison and see how good it feels to serve a higher purpose than just your own. Thank you, Colleen. And Peggy wrote, hi Peggy. (laughs) Peggy wrote, masters from all walks of life have been telling us the same thing since the beginning of time. We are much more than we think we are. We are all one with this greater energy, source, spirit, nature, God, whichever you're drawn to. Our purpose for being here is whatever we choose that to be. We are meant to be happy and joyful working together. There is nothing that we can't create in this reality. So thank you, Peggy. That's what uh, Colleen and Peggy would say if they had 60 seconds to speak to the whole world. And David, I'm not going to mention his last name, but you'll, <laughs> you'll know who he is. David's answer was, I am your God, kneel down before me and tremble. <laughs> so, there you go. So, let's, uh, let's get into reading this James Allen piece. This is the second half of the section called Entering into the Infinite. And just a quick reminder, this is from... The book called From Poverty to Power, which was published in 1901 by James Allen, and we've been reading it for many episodes, and it's, it's really, really deep and helpful and powerful. So, let's just get into it. Again, this is from Entering into the Infinite. The world, the body the personality, are mirages upon the desert of time, transitory dreams in the dark night of spiritual slumber. And those who have crossed the desert, those who are spiritually awakened, have alone comprehended the universal reality where all appearances are dispersed and dreaming and delusion are destroyed. There is one great law which exacts unconditional obedience, one unifying principle which is the basis of all diversity, one eternal truth wherein all the problems of earth pass away like shadows. To realize this law, this unity, this truth, is to enter into the infinite, is to become one, with the eternal to center one's life in the great law of love is to enter into rest harmony peace to refrain from all participation in evil and discord to cease from all resistance to evil and from the omission of that which is good and to fall back upon unswerving obedience to the holy calm within, is to enter into the inmost heart of things, is to attain to a living conscious experience of that eternal and infinite principle which must ever remain a hidden mystery to the merely perceptive intellect. Until this principle is realized, the soul is not established in peace, and he who so realizes is truly wise. Not wise with the wisdom of the learned, but with the simplicity of a blameless heart and of a divine manhood. To enter into a realization of the infinite and eternal is to rise superior to time, and the world, and the body, which compromise the kingdom of darkness, and is to become established in immortality, heaven, and the spirit, which make up the empire of light. Entering into the infinite is not a mere theory or sentiment, It is a vital experience which is the result of assiduous practice in inward purification. When the body is no longer believed to be, even remotely, the real man. When all appetites and desires are thoroughly subdued and purified. When the emotions are rested and calm. And when the oscillation of the intellect ceases and perfect poise is secured. Then, and not till then, does consciousness become one with the infinite. Not until then is childlike wisdom and profound peace secured. Men grow weary and gray over the dark problems of life and finally pass away and leave them unsolved because they cannot see their way out of the darkness of the personality, being too much engrossed in its limitations. Seeking to save his personal life, man forfeits the greater impersonal life in truth. Clinging to the perishable, he is shut out from the knowledge of the eternal. By the surrender of self, all difficulties are overcome and there is no error in the universe but the fire of inward sacrifice will burn it up like chaff no problem however great but will disappear like a shadow under the searchlight of self-abnegation problems exist only in our own self-created illusions and they vanish away when self is yielded up. Self and error are synonymous. Error is involved in the darkness of unfathomable complexity, but eternal simplicity is the glory of truth. Love of self shuts men out from truth. And seeking their own personal happiness, they lose the deeper, purer, and more abiding bliss. Says Carlyle There is in man a higher than love of happiness. He can do without happiness, and instead thereof, find blessedness. Love not pleasure, love God. This is the everlasting yea, wherein all contradiction is solved, wherein whoso walks and works, it is well with him. He who has yielded up that self, that personality that men most love, and to which they cling with such fierce tenacity, has left behind him all perplexity, And has entered into a simplicity so profoundly simple as to be looked upon by the world, involved as it is in a network of error, as foolishness. Yet such a one has realized the highest wisdom, and is at rest in the infinite. He accomplishes without striving, and all problems melt before him. For he has entered the region of reality and deals not with changing effects, but with the unchanging principles of things. He is enlightened with a wisdom which is as superior to ratiocination as reason is to animality. Having yielded up his lusts, his errors, his opinions and prejudices, he has entered into the possession of the knowledge of God, having slain the selfish desire for heaven and along with it, the ignorant fear of hell. Having relinquished even the love of life itself, he has gained supreme bliss and life eternal, the life which bridges life and death and knows its own immortality. Having yielded up all without reservation, he has gained all, and rests in peace on the bosom of the infinite. Only he who has become so free from self as to be equally content to be annihilated as to live, or to live as to be annihilated, is fit to enter into the infinite. Only he who, ceasing to trust his perishable self, has learned to trust in boundless measure the great law, the supreme good, is prepared to partake of undying bliss. For such a one there is no more regret, nor disappointment, nor remorse. For where all selfishness has ceased, these sufferings cannot be. And whatever happens to him, he knows that it is for his own good. And he is content, being no longer the servant of self, but the servant of the supreme. He is no longer affected by the changes of earth. And when he hears of wars and rumors of wars, his peace is not disturbed. And where men grow angry and cynical and quarrelsome, He bestows compassion and love. Though appearances may contradict it, He knows that the world is progressing, and that, through its laughing and its weeping, through its living and its keeping, through its follies and its labors, weaving in and out of sight, to the end from the beginning, through all virtue and all sinning, reeled from God's great spool of progress, runs the golden thread of light. When a fierce storm is raging, none are angered about it, because they know it will quickly pass away. And when the storms of contention are devastating the world, the wise man, looking with the eye of truth and pity, knows that it will pass away. And that out of the wreckage of broken hearts, which it leaves behind, the immortal temple of wisdom will be built. Sublimely patient, infinitely compassionate, deep, silent, and pure, his very presence is a benediction. And when he speaks, men ponder his words in their hearts, and by them rise to higher levels of attainment such is he who has entered into the infinite who by the power of utmost sacrifice has solved the sacred mystery of life and we'll just take a quick break to ponder that Welcome back to The Mystic Show Wow Uh, By the way, if you'd like to consider supporting The Mystic Show So more people can benefit uh, There are several ways You can share each episode on your social media Like Facebook and Twitter You can give the show a rating and a review in iTunes or Stitcher Those are the two big podcast directories Or you can contribute a dollar or two per episode to help us continue to produce the show. If you go to our website, uh, themysticshow.net, there's a little picture on the right. It says, please consider supporting. Uh, You can get more information there. And at each level that you support the show, you get, uh, they're called rewards. Some really cool stuff. Like I think for the $2 per episode... You get this forty one minute piece of audio that I recorded um in Maine on sand beach, so it's forty one minutes of like binaural sound like three dimensional sound, so if you listen with good headphones and you close your eyes, you really feel like you're at the beach, <laughs> and it's just the waves there's nothing there's no other sound, so it's nice to relax and meditate too so so that's that. Well, this James Allen reading is, I mean, this stuff has to be reread and, and meditated upon. <laughs> A couple things struck me here. The first is, was at the beginning of what I read. He says, And to fall back upon the unswerving obedience to the holy calm within is to enter into the inmost heart of things. Is to attain to a living conscious experience of that external and infinite principle which must ever remain a hidden mystery to the merely perceptive intellect. So he mentions that to enter into the inmost heart of things and to attain to a living conscious experience of that eternal and infinite principle is much better than a merely perceptive intellect so our intellect is very good it's helpful and it can take us far but on the path of true spirituality to attain the higher higher levels the intellect doesn't go that high so we can't rely on it anymore it has to become a meditation has to be in your heart has to be an experience, has to be something you're absorbed in and feel. I guess feel at the beginning, but eventually eventually you'll be in that state and you won't even know that you're in that high state, right? Once you get used to it. Um, in that same paragraph, he also says, um, and he who so realizes is truly wise, not wise with the wisdom of the learned, but with the simplicity of a blameless heart and of a divine manhood. So here he he makes the distinction between wisdom, wisdom of the learned. Okay, in life you can learn things, you can learn from experience, you can learn how to give a great speech or, you know, communicate within a relationship or host a seminar, right? You can learn and you can have wisdom with these things, but that's not the wisdom that James Allen is talking about. He's talking about a, a spiritual wisdom that's beyond, beyond. <laughs> and and then, and it ends by saying, um, not wise with the wisdom of the learned, but with the simplicity of a blameless heart and of a divine manhood. So, think about that. I think even most mature and successful people in the material world are still juveniles in the spiritual realm, right? So there's a learning that we're going through, and it's it's easy to think we've already achieved a lot, but in, in reality, we haven't. <laughs> so in the spiritual world, we're juveniles, or we're even babies, Right, That's probably closer to the truth, that we're little babies that don't know how to do anything you know, except cry <laughs> when we're hurting. But believe it or not, that crying attracts divinity to give us what we really need. That's why when you come to the end of the rope and you don't know what else to do and you weep and you pray, that's when divinity moves. That's when divinity can help you or that's when divinity will help you. It might help you before that, but maybe not. That's a whole other topic right there, right? So, he also makes a distinction between um, the material world being the world of darkness and difficulty, and the spiritual world being the world of light. Right, So he says, to enter into a realization of the infinite and eternal is to rise superior to time and the world and the body, which comprise the kingdom of darkness, and is to become established in immortality, heaven, and the spirit, which make up the empire of light. So this material world, our material existence is difficult. And it's mostly dark, and it's mostly painful, pain and suffering. <laughs> it really is. If you're, if we're honest and we really think about it, it really is. So what better reason to look up, you know, look towards spirituality? And, of course, in the physical world, in the material world, there's many people who are part of religions and they... They think they're spiritual, but they're really not uh, because they're killing people and all this stuff. Uh, And James Allen, he, he, he talks about this. He says, And when the oscillation of the intellect ceases and perfect poise is secured, then and not till then does consciousness become one with the infinite. Not until then is childlike wisdom and profound peace secured so he's saying we have to basically tone our intellect down not not rely on it and and get this perfect poise right then we can then we can be in touch with the infinite or spirituality but if we're running around worrying about things stressing about things yelling at people if there's people in this world who are doing really bad things like killing people and Trying to sabotage other people. I mean, those people are not even in the conversation of spirituality. Each each individual. They're very far from any type of spirituality, regardless of what they say. They might quote books, they might, you know, pretend they might give donations to certain causes, or they might have their own worldview that they're fighting for, which they believe is superior. It doesn't matter. If they're still acting that way and doing bad things in the material world, then they haven't toned down their intellect and they haven't developed that perfect poise that he's just talking about. So so with you and I, that's a, it's a good way to think about it. You know, are you really, well, I'm going to talk about this later, but first I wanted to mention that basically James Allen gives us the solution right here. Listen to this. Did I, You probably caught this. By the surrender of self, all difficulties are overcome. And there is no error in the universe, but the fire of inward sacrifice will burn it up like chaff. No problem, however great, but will disappear like a shadow under the searchlight of self-abnegation. So all these problems in life that we are struggling with and suffering from, he tells us right here how to avoid it all. By the surrender of self, all difficulties are overcome. So it's this selfishness, this smaller self, you know, the greed and the, the desires, the personal desires. These are the things which cause all the problems. But when we give that up in spirit, our problems go away. So that's, that's the distinction between, you know, you don't have to sell your house and give up all your material world and go live on the street, poor and hungry. You don't have to do that. You can still live the life you're living now as far as your standard of living and your, you know, your food and shelter and all this. But in spirit, you can over time surrender your lower self. And that's what a that's what a true spiritual practice does. It's not about you know feeling good. I I I sometimes I want to do a whole show on this idea of if it feels good then do it or if it makes you feel good then it's spiritual. Like I I completely disagree <laughs> with those statements. Um, on a high level. On a, on a material world level, okay, fine. I get it. No problem. But on, you know, thinking of attaining a very high spiritual goal, you know, pleasure and pain have nothing to do with anything. So he also says that, now this this is pretty significant here. So we're talking about spirituality on a high level. This is... He, he kind of helps describe this obviously better than I just tried to. He talks about dropping the desire for heaven, dropping the fear of hell and relinquishing even the love of life itself. Right? He says, having yielded up his lusts, his errors, his opinions and prejudices, he has entered into possession of the knowledge of God Having slain the selfish desire for heaven, along with the ignorant fear of hell, having relinquished even the love of life itself, he has gained supreme bliss and life eternal, the life which bridges life and death and knows its own immortality. So what do you think? Do you think on the path of spirituality that eventually we're going to have to give up our desire for heaven and our fear of hell? All the masters have, have agreed. They said, yes, you have to give even that up. Even the love of life, you have to give it up. And you, that doesn't mean you should love death either. My spiritual guide says you should desire neither life nor death. And again, we're speaking on a very, very high level of spirituality. Right, the real world is the real world. I understand, um, but it's only by studying and talking about these higher, higher, higher values that we will be will will be drawn up toward them. We'll, we'll grow in that direction. So this is it's very important to talk about. And then at the end, he says, uh, "The life which bridges life and death." Think about that. So, almost the way I take that is going beyond life and death. Okay, life is there, death is there. Okay, they're, you know, two sides to the same coin. But my soul is eternal, right? So, that's totally beyond life and death. And again, it's hard to intellectually think about this, these kinds of things. That's why meditation is so important. Because when you meditate, you... you after a while, or it could, you know, might not take that long, but, um, but you feel these things and you know these things. So, all right, the last part I I was very uh, impressed with is when he talks about um, when there's wars and there's rumors of war, um, the person who has entered into the infinite is not disturbed by these things. I'll just read this when a fierce storm is raging, none are angered about it because they know it will quickly pass away. And when the storms of contention are devastating the world, the wise man looking with the eye of truth and pity knows that it will pass away and that out of the wreckage of broken hearts, which it leaves behind the immortal temple of wisdom will be built. So, You know, the wise person sees things from a much higher level, and even though there's crazy and nasty and horrible, violent things going on on the planet Earth, the wise person is not bothered by this. So, the question I I usually, you know, on this point, the question I usually get from people is, well, shouldn't I, should I not try to help people who need help, or should I not strive to you know, right the wrongs of the world? Or should I not try to keep bad men out of, you know, government? These types of things. And, you know, my answer is you can do all that. You can try, you can help people. You can try to do good things in the world. That's fine. Uh, But the masters have told us our first job is to progress enough and enter into the infinite Ourselves. And after we achieve a very high level of spirituality, then we can proceed to help people. And I mean, we can help people in the meantime as well, but we should not get caught up with helping people. There's so many people in the world who their whole life is helping others, but they're not progressing themselves. You know, because until you have personally achieved a high level of spirituality for yourself, you won't be much help to others. You know, you, you'll be a little bit of a help, but but not as much as you could be if you first achieve the goal yourself. So a lot of people who are helping, so-called, uh, they're just participating in the crazy dance that's going on, right? And it's fine. It's good to help. There's not, that you know, if someone's hungry and you give them food, that's good. I'm not saying that you shouldn't help. I'm just making the distinction between helping others and you achieving your goal. And which of those is more important? Well, you know what I think. What do you think? Right? It's a deep question. Sometimes it's hard to reconcile it with yourself. But thinking about these things and feeling these things and and deciding these things for yourself is is very, very important. So I hope some of these ideas were beneficial to you. I mean, the reading itself is just amazing. So thanks for listening to The Mystic Show. Uh, Check out our website and all our previous episodes and leave comments on the website or, you know, engage with me on social media and all this stuff. You know what to do. But having a dialogue around these things is very important, so... I'd like to know your thoughts. So as you proceed through your day, think about these things, maybe talk to some others. And as always, keep shining.